there has always been eternity. Darkness with no end. A run-on of nothingness. While there is dispute about the existence of God, no one denies that time began with the bang. A cosmic collision of either coincidence or cognitive purpose, we don't know. But there was light and life and a beginning with a capital B and a beginning ultimately preordains an end. As humans began to rise above the fold of other creatures simply by virtue of conscious thought, we lost our innocence and started to define ourselves not by hedonistic pleasure in the beauty which surrounds us, but by the undeniable recognition of our own inevitable end. So we invented time, redefining endlessness into measurable chunks which the average concussed hockey player or even the most ardent Glenn Beck supporters can comprehend. No longer did we need to think of ourselves or time in overwhelming immortal terms, and hence the period was born. First appearing in the English language in 1413, 200 years before era came in 1615, and the same year that Henry V became the King of England. While this might seem like an odd and completely random fact, etymologists credit the addition of this word borrowed from the Greek periodus meaning complete sentence cycle as the sole driving force behind Henry's resolve to end the Hundred Years' War, uniting the kingdoms of England and France and ushering in a new thought into Anglo history. Full of hubris, period enjoyed its reign as the go-to measure and considered itself invincible. But it had not counted on the patriarchal tenacity of era, who was increasingly emasculated by period's third syllable and consonants and was determined to bring period down. Period was caught unawares, foolishly thinking that John Smith's assertion that Jamestown's founding ushered in a new era was a negligent matter of subjective rhetoric. But, slowly, dust began to gather on the curves of its P's and D's, and it began to doubt its self-worth. Period began to feel ashamed and asserted itself less and less into polite conversation letting the shorter words do all of the work for it. O oh, period, thou addest to your own downfall by losing confidence. You are worth so much more than those vowel-filled subpar substitutes. You majestic trisyllabic construction with a history worthy of your Greek and Roman roots who once marked the changes between bronze and stone and iron. By the mid-1800s you had been shunted aside from nearly all traces of time and instead were hidden, cloaked under corsets and petticoats and everything else that was attractive and awesome in the Victorian age and left to describe a woman's menstruation cycle at a time when the vibrancy and color of life was equated with shame, which is why Jane Austen and Nathaniel Hawthorne are so very boring. But it was too late. 
period-watched era become golden and gilded, while period itself shrunk to the size of a grain of sand, the head of a pin, a deer tick, the great marker of time which had helped define mortal from immortal, the gods from man, had completed its transformation to designating the end of a sentence, and even that, it's almost gone. Come back, period. You are important and mean something. We need you. James Joyce needs you. Newscasters need you. Facebook needs you. Twitter needs you, where the addition of you could eradicate so much textual confusion. Era is frightened of you. You have the power to turn Era into Earned Run Average or Equal Rights Act. And remember... Even though we struggle to put time in a box from beginning to end, you are the only one who separates the end from the beginning.